Hello and welcome to In Business Talks 2. We are thrilled to welcome you to our bonus episode, The Friday Fix. In our bonus episode, we will be discussing a business-related subject with either one of our wonderful In Business Networking members or a fellow business owner who will be sharing their advice, thoughts or knowledge on a particular topic. So we're your hosts, Tracy and Ian Earl, founders of In Business and networking and business support community. We host online and face-to-face events and we'd love to meet you. So why not come along? The link to book is in the show notes. Today's guest on our Friday Fix is Alan Lazenby of Lazenby's Financial Services. Now, wherever you are on your financial planning journey, the team at Lazenby's are experienced, independent financial advisors, and they're there to help you build a secure future for a well-laid foundation. So welcome to our Friday Fix today. Uh, we have with us Alan Lazenby of Lazenby's Financial Services. Welcome, Alan. How do? Welcome, Alan. Good to see you, as ever. Um, so I suppose before we start and we get into our, our, our your chosen topic, shall we say, shall we find out a little bit more about uh, what you do? Tell us what you do, Alan. Oh, I stop people worrying about money. Um, that's the easiest way to look at it. Uh, the more money that you gain over the years, because it does take years to gather it up, um, you tend to get nervous and more concerned. And the older you get, the more concerned you get. So my job is to reduce worry um, and really to... Uh, well, half of returns are based on emotion. So it's really to try to manage people's emotions with their money. And I've been doing that for 27 years. And I manage tens of millions of pounds under the firm Lays and Bees with uh, me and my team. I know today um, we've got you on today to talk about, I mean, I think it's probably one of your favorite topics. And I know you probably help your clients out a lot with this one. And I think you, you title it, What is Your Number? Is, is that right? Yeah, what's your number? Uh, everyone needs a number. Um, and without a number, you don't know what the direction is. So, um, yeah, that, that's absolutely um, my uh, favourite discussion with guys. One of my favourite discussions. Yes, of right. course. And me as a chatty fella anyway, the best of the time. <laughs> yeah. And so, talk about planning in the, for your financial goals. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's trying to get some idea around... Um, the, the problem is people have some sort of vague idea of when they want to pack in work and they have some sort of vague idea what they would like to do um, but without a time frame, without any numbers um, behind them, then they're going to continue to be vague. And uh, as you guys know, when you're setting especially business goals, if they're vague, they're not going to hit them. Yeah. Know what you're supposed to be hit. Yeah, they need to be specific, don't yeah. they, and yeah. measurable, so, yeah. So shall I dive in? Yeah, please. Yeah, Absolutely. tell tell us the process. Yeah, pretend we're clients. What would you What would you say to your clients? Yeah, do go. Let's go through the process. Shall we leave it that way? So yeah. there are three reasons why people invest, and there are only three. And people think there's all these fancy, complex uh, reasons. That's because they want to make it complex. And anything can be as complex as like and finance and law and and um, areas of complexity like that can bamboozle the best of us. So the three reasons are growth, uh, income, and income and growth. And as soon as you know those are the three reasons why you put money to one side, then you start to go down a simple route of understanding. Um, So for the future, people want obviously an income because they want to replace what uh, they've already got. Might want to beat inflation, especially today, so they want income and growth. 
And to be able to get that income, they need a big pot of cash. So they need a number of years and amount of money, and that's the growth. So everybody is on a, a path, whether they like it or not, of what we call accumulation, followed by decumulation. So you build your money up with growth, and then that growth turns to income. And that's the premise of needing to know what your number is. Right. Your, yeah, right. your number is based on time, time in. So if you're 13, you want to retire at 60, well, your time in is 30 years. Um, the lifestyle that you're going to have retired, well, some people might be able to have the same lifestyle, but it's unlikely. So what is that lifestyle? Um, so discussion is needed on what will you be doing? Um, and what will you be doing? You could be golf. You might be a keen golfer now. Or you might have a wife that says, look, three holidays a year minimum. Um, all in somewhere exotic. So, and of course, you know, a man will nod away. So, of course, <laughs> as oh, we my do. Dear, it's like it could be 20 grand a year on holidays. So, yeah, you, you know, you've got to be able to narrow it down to numbers. Then you need to know what the expenditure is beyond that. And that's difficult because, as we all know, you know, look at a price of a pack of eggs or milk, you know, everything is doubling because the government decided it'd be wise to print hundreds of billions of pounds you're in lockdown <laughs> so so if you start with the three basics you've got your time frame it could be 30 years so you've got that number uh, or it could be bad you could wake up at 50 like many do you go oh my god i wouldn't do that damn thing and then all of a sudden it might be 10 years or you might be able to stretch it to 20 years so you've got to start with the three basics and that is attitude capacity and need so the attitude is is a mixture of feelings um, driven by experience. So the attitude to risk you have is, well, have you ever took any? Um, how, have you invested before? But most important of all, have you ever lost money? Because if you've ever lost money, even if it's on paper, then you'll know how that feels and how you reacted to it. First time you lose money, you know, you'll know that and you'll, you'll always remember it. Um, then you've got the capacity, capacity to lose money. So if you're 70 years old and you've got five grand left, you haven't got a lot of capacity, have you? No, no, you're struggling. You're <laughs> yeah, struggling. Yeah. If you're 30, you might have some capacity to take more risk. Um, if you're 50, that capacity is a little bit less. You know, instead of nine out of 10, you might be down to six out of 10. And when you get retirement, you might be four or five out of 10. Um, well, then again, he might be highly experienced by that, and your risk might be seven out of ten still. Um, but then it's all right saying, well, that's my attitude to risk. But then, well, what's what's the need? Uh, if you've got a million pound at a bank, what's the need to take the risk in the first place? Well, it might be, what, 100 grand a year? So you might need to take some risk, even if you've got what looks to most people like a hefty amount of money. Maybe your standard of living requirements are significantly higher than so you've got to ask what the need is. So if your need is 30000 a year and you've got $2 million at the bank, then you know, that's 1.5%. It's quite easy then probably to get a return, possibly even in cash at that rate at the moment. So you've got to mix the attitude with the capacity with the need. So that conversation is, um, is think of it as uh, three circles joined together and you've got to meet somewhere in the middle. Right. And everybody's on a different journey. Most people will be at the accumulation stage as they're growing up. 
and then everything changes as they go decumulate. So how you feel about it, what ability can, to take a hit is, and the need to take it in the first place. Every single person's will be different because they'll be in a different life stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you've got to take into account uh, things like costs. Um, you've got to take, take into account inflation. Uh, and what you've built up yourself or what you can put to one side. So everything is numbers. You know, accountants would love me um, because it, unless you've got a number to go at um, and you've got to start with some sort of number, um, you won't know what that final number is. So, you know, I've got a client at the moment wants um, £3,000 a month income um, and they're not even 60 yet, but they are retired. So my job is to try to create an income that they've got certainty with with ensuring that there's some that we don't erode their capital, yeah, yeah, um, and there's a variety of methods we use for that. Uh, one of them is probably most people never heard of. It's called a third way product, uh, which I won't go into today. Very complex, uh, but it gives you an income that can be guaranteed and allows you to hold your capital. Right, think of it like a lifetime annuity meets a a um, a drawdown product. So this is where being independent comes in. We're able to dip into interesting things. So you, now you might know your number if you've got the time frame, if you've got the income need, if you've got the estimate of um, inflation. Um, so then you've got to decide on reducing your standard of living now. And it's not an easy conversation because nobody wants to reduce their standard of living. No. no. But when you're putting money into something, especially on a regular basis, then you are reducing your standard of living because you're saving. Yeah. Saving mm -hmm. is a form of reduction of standard of living. Yeah. So if you're doing no savings, then you are reducing your standard of living. Um, and one of the problems people have, because they have no number, there's no time frame, no amount of money, then what they end up doing is not reducing standard of living until it's too late, and mm -hmm. then it's quite painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just spending all they've got and yes, great fun. Yeah, you just lose your standard of living later on, don't you? When yeah. you when you yes. need a bit more, maybe quite yeah. dramatically. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. I would you know, you can go biblical on this. Everything is sacrifice, as one we used to say. Yeah. yeah. So every you no, know, the well, the Bible's thousand years old. You know, and the people go, oh, and it's a strange book. It's like, well, you know, forget everything about it, but one thing: sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, if you're not prepared to sacrifice today for tomorrow, then when tomorrow comes, you're gonna to have to sacrifice your standard of living at that time. And yeah. how are you gonna yeah. feel about it? Yeah. yeah. So there's always an element of sacrificing part of today for part of tomorrow, um, and it takes a discussion. And what sort of thing do you have to look at sort of to calculate your number? Then are you working out right? What do we spend today? What might we be spending in, say, 15 years' time when we require? But how, how do you know? You, you don't know how much something's going to cost in 15 years, do you? You don't know what the what petrol's going to cost, what food's going to cost. what. So how, how do you sort of, how, how do you work that back? How do you sort of, do you, do you guess? Do you, have a, do you have a good guess or what, what's the, is there well, a formula? That, or? The first thing is, you, you know, you make an estimation of what inflation is. You have, you've got an idea of what people are spending today. Yeah. Um, now, in the future, it's likely the mortgages will be ended. Even likely the, the nice car that they've got 
whether I've got two for a couple might go down to one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is um, an easy thing to work out. In reality, um, as you no doubt, if you speak to lots of retired people, they end up um, looking after kids, doing lots of transporting around, so the fuel cost doesn't drop at all all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, and then the holidays, of course, increase. So you know, where you've got a decrease in one area, you've got an increase in another. Yeah, um, and then reality hits your finances, and you've got to make those adjustments. But having some number to go at, and then you adjusting for changes is going to help. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you you can have a fire and forget solution. Um, probably not the best idea, especially if you've got ten, fifteen years to go. Mm-hmm. And that's where an ongoing support comes in and saying, "All right, are we on target?" Have you took too much risk? Have you took too little risk? Have you put too little in? Um, yeah. Remember you said you'd put this much in and then you didn't because yeah. uh, the kitchen needed doing. Um, yeah. So let us go back on track and think of it rather than a an artillery strike. Let's go military. Um, think of it more of a cruise missile where, where the if your target can be adjusted by little degrees here and there, then the chances are you're going to get closer to hitting yeah. your goal. Yeah. And let's face it, goals change. You know, you might get divorced. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a partner might die. You might end up with kids. Um, yeah. And might might get kids later on. I know a friend of mine is well into his 60s, and he's got an, a nine-year-old. That was yeah. a shock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very big shock. As, yeah. yeah. Know, things change then, you know, oh, yeah. I've got to get more income. Yeah. Um, so all these things are, are, are part of that. And you can take in other things like, you know, if you've got a buy-to-let house. But you've got to remember a buy-to-let house is a business. You know, it's not an investment. It has customers, advertising. Markets change. So that should be part of, um, including your state pension perhaps, part of that pot of income. But as we've all realized, and, you know, we should have known before, uh, we live in a world of uncertainty. Um, so having a review on it each year, making sure you're on track, um, is very helpful. So is it a good idea there then to think, well, okay, to have a nice lifestyle, like you mentioned earlier on, we, we, we're going to have, we need £3,000 a month and right. that'll, that'll keep us happy because we'll have our old age pensions and we'll have this as well. Is, is that the sort of thing you work back from there? I mean, what? Am I making this complicated, or do you work back? Do you sort of sit down and really go through everything that you you do now, and say we're going to still be doing this in fifteen years' time, and what's it going to cost in fifteen years' time? Different ways of looking at different clients. Again, it depends on a client's age. Just where there may be someone thirty-five who's just had a small inheritance and doesn't want to blow it. As if there was at 25, they, they wouldn't even see me. They'd be definitely blowing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At 35, you know, they might be, you know, thinking, well, I'll best do something. But at 35, now, again, what's changed? Well, what's changed now is that it might be better for that, say, 50 grand or 100 grand inheritance to pay off the mortgage. Yeah. Because now the mortgage is, is you know, back to being a rabid dog again. It's 7%. Who knows? It could get to 15 Nobody really knows. You know, you're talking about dodgy governments. You know, doing dodgy things, and they've been known to do these dodgy things in the past, remember. Um, so those of us are old enough to remember. So would it be best to invest that money or clear that debt? I mean, if it was two years ago or three years ago, 
it might have been, well, you know, you're getting a mortgage at 1.2% and you're getting 5% in your investments. So it, things change all the yeah, time. Yeah, depends. Yeah, yeah. I see that, yeah. And yeah. your age um, uh, and position dictates what you need to do with it. Best to try to spread your risk around and diversify and try to avoid concentrated positions. So concentrated, loads of people I know, no doubt you know as well, and every penny's in property. Um, no, 10 buy-to-lets. And for the past 20 years with super low interest rates, that's been great. And now the world's been turned upside down and they can't get a remortgage and the income they're getting from it is now pretty much only going to pay the interest on on the pro yeah and the, and the government of course hate buy to let people and put terrible taxes on them and take away allowances they made it appalling so if you concentrate your position in one area yeah next thing you know it's like well i, I was banking on that it's like well, yeah you never bank on the government stitching you yeah. up because it's a, that's like that's like all your eggs in one basket isn't it and you know the old you know that's in my brochure <laughs> but I have a nice egg full of nice basket yeah, full yeah, of eggs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so easy, like you say, to have, have the rug pulled under you. It's not your fault, isn't it? We, we, things happen, well, right? Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. don't they? You, can, yeah. you can't legislate. And, and people are reliant on TV telling what what future should be for them, um, and they don't get professional advice. And after twenty seven years, uh, I've seen significant changes in markets uh, including the property market and i've been around a very long time i know you've been around a little bit longer Ian. only um, just only just a bit longer yeah. no no considerably <laughs> long, considerably longer long, remember yeah. the eight, 1988 <laughs> double virus crash um, oh gosh I, I can remember that well yes yeah. yes and it didn't recover in about 2001 so you know but then you've got people buying property in 2000 thinking well that's wonderful not remembering or not even knowing that there was a crash and it may seem a bit bizarre, but the last big crash was 2008. Um, and, you know, how many years ago was that? 15? Yeah, yeah. They're literally, people have left school and we've got financial advisors, maybe, that have been 15 years in the job and they've never seen a crash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So things change and experience is, you know, is rather useful. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so having right. some sort of um, this guiding missile rather than artillery shell as a target, mm. a moving target, yeah. uh, is more important because your income and standard living is also fixed. So if you set a plan for 30 years and you get promoted three times in that plan, um, then your standard living's changed. And if you was a single man and you set your target, well, now you're married and now you're married with kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got great advice for, for men who are thinking about getting married. Don't set your <laughs> yeah. Set your pension goals. Know your number before you get married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't tell the wife what it is, yeah. and then she won't spend that money because you've told her what her future's going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> married, then say, well, what I want to do is put this much a month away. Then you've got a challenge on your hands because you know there are so many homes for your money when you get married. Oh, yeah. The marriage itself. The, the house, the children, you know, the kitchen, yeah. the bathroom. Yeah. Um, and now you're trying to find ways of putting money to one side to achieve your number. And now the years are running out um, and, you you know, you don't want to have that conflict with your partner to talk about finance. 
um, because it's always a point. There's two points of conflict in marriage. One of them's money. Um, <laughs> so best if you manage your finances before you settle down and yeah. you have your number, then that can be part of the process of getting married. Saying, look, I put this much away. It doesn't exist as far as you're concerned. That is our future now. It's not was mine. It's our future. Um, and that is a, a, a condition of habit into creating a number for the both of you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. This is where it's important when you have a number to get, if you are married or got a long-term partnership, then you both need to be bought in on. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because otherwise you're, you've got goals that do that. Yeah. Mm. And then you can't mm. maintain that. Um, it's mm. important also not to um, base your finances on the Joneses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your finances are yours. Um, you know, because of the social media now, there have been people who have been millionaires that have committed suicide because they thought they were unsuccessful all of a sudden. Okay? So when you're looking at your finances, it does not matter what anybody else has got or where they are because everyone's on a different journey yeah. and a different time frame. Yeah. Um, and they don't know what your journey is or how you got there and you don't know theirs. So yeah. you should always look at your number and not what someone else has got. Yeah. As as both me and Ian know, we know a man who had very fancy sports car, kept parking it up on uh, on double yellows everywhere. His name will not be mentioned. Um, and it turned out he was spending an absolute fortune on the lease. <laughs> there we thought he was rich, but he's yeah. got yeah. hundred and a plus hundred twenty thousand pound car and he couldn't afford to buy it. So you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're basing your life on the fancy car your neighbor's got, it's likely to be all tick. So uh, concentrate yeah. what your finances are. Be realistic. Be honest with yourselves and know what your number is. It's about looking at the whole picture, isn't it? And and weighing it up from all different angles. Some good advice there, I think, Alan. I think some, some sound advice there. Now, if, if anyone wanted to discuss more about their numbers with you what's the best way to get into highly recommend well, i would highly recommend that definitely well worth having a chat with alan yeah definitely he knows his stuff he knows his stuff does alan i've been around a long time i've been, been around a long time i wasn't going to say anything to do with your age i mean <laughs> well i'm uh, pretty no. open to all sorts of different assets um which i won't talk about today but As being a- independent you'd be surprised what we can recommend and what right. we do yeah. okay so um as far as contact the website, that's www.lazenbeesfs.co.uk. Just tap in Alan Lazenby search uh, on Google. I come up pretty pretty fast. Um, or you can email me on advice at lazenbeesfs.co.uk. Because there's, there's not many Lazenbees and there's not many bold Lazenbees. <laughs> Should be easy to find then, Alan. Should be easy to find. <laughs> oh, that's it. We've got a website. We've got a video testimony of clients. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they can tell you cool. how we operate apart from the can, fact that can i just ask i should know this really but do you do um um an hour consultancy or anything like that a free chat for i'm like i'm not trying to set you up here but do you do, you do anything like that uh, i I'm, i spoke to a young solicitor the other day an hour and a half she said i rocked her world um Ten. mainly because i told her what the acronym and law standard for which is land there and there in water and she didn't know that but uh yeah absolutely um it costs nothing to have a discussion um, we have um, a cap and cold cool. feet structure, so we um, are able to move forward once a client's happy. 
and it's a two-way process. Um, I've got to be able to go on the client because it's a long-term relationship usually. Yeah. And they have to accept me. And everybody knows when, you, when you're buying a service, it's personality and you've got yeah. to get it one week. Yeah, sure. Excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for that, Ola. Yeah. yeah. Interesting right. chat. Yeah, useful. I'm sure lots of people will get um, some, some benefit from that uh, conversation there and hopefully we'll get in touch with you as well to find out more. Well, come yeah. back anytime you like, and we can yeah. talk about the history of money if you want. <laughs> Excellent. We might just do that. <laughs> All right. Well, take care for now, Alan, and uh, no doubt we'll see you soon. Thank you for your time, Alan. Good you to see much. you again. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. We're almost at the end of this week's show, and just as a reminder, before we go, don't forget to book your place at one of our online networking events where you can meet some great business owners and build those business relationships. And if you're in the Leeds, Harrogate or York area, then why not come along to one of our face-to-face events and meet us? Remember, the best business comes from the best relationships. And the link is in the show notes. Do you wish you could network with more confidence? We understand the challenges that you face. Whether you're new to networking or simply looking to improve your skills, our networking know-how course will take you through the process and provide you with practical tips and techniques to help you make more meaningful connections. We'd also like to mention our books, which are available on Amazon. Um, The first one is How to Improve Your Business Networking Skills. That's 52 tips to help you with your networking. Our notably networking one-to-one networking notebook, a place to keep all your notes from those very valuable follow-up one-to-ones. And last but not least, our 90 Days to Your Success Journal, where you can plan, set, and plot the actions you will take to achieve your goals. Thank you so much for joining us this week on In Business Talks 2 Friday Fix. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, all that we ask is that you simply tell a friend about the show. And please follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'd really appreciate it. Until next time, this is Ian and Tracy. And together, we We are in business. business. Goodbye. Goodbye.